Welcome to Money Radio, WPSE's weekly broadcast of the Rotary Club of Erie meeting program from the Manufacturer and Business Association. Today's speaker is Karen Tyler, moderating the Rotary Club of Erie's Service Above Self in the four-way test awards ceremony. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is always such a pleasure. Uh, King George VI once has been quoted to once say, the highest distinction is service to others. Gandhi once remarked, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in service to others. As Rotarians, we value the acts of service, and we work with the ambition to serve not only our community, but our nation and world. JFK reminded a generation, ask not what to do, what your country can do for you, but what for, excuse me, but what can you do for your country? Rotarian efforts in the name of service span all of us in this room. And MLK reminds us, everybody can be great, but because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. I am honored today to pay tribute to our high school nominees for the Service Above Self Award. We have representation here today from Cathedral Preparatory School, Villa Maria Academy, Mercyhurst Preparatory High School, and Erie High for our first time, as well as Northwest Pennsylvania Collegiate Academy. We're going to begin with Devin Tate. So Devin, if you wouldn't mind coming forward, we'll stare and look at you and admire every part of you while I speak a little bit about you. We're all appreciative of the bow tie today, Devin. Thank you. So we just always pay tribute to our high school juniors with a book that we share um, in honor of the four agreements, as well as provide you with a gift certificate to a local bookstore and provide you with a certificate of recognition for your service. And in doing so, we'd like to speak a little bit about Devin and his colleagues that are here in the room that have earned the um, award as well. So Devin, as I've mentioned, is a junior from Erie High. He's accompanied by Mr. William Morrow and his counselor, Mr. Robert Kitchen. Devin, you are our first award recipient from Erie High, so you do serve a place in our history. Master Tate has been on the honor roll since his freshman year at Erie High. He's a member of the academic sports league team with his school. Athletically, Devin ran track as a freshman. He's a very active member of his church, and he's involved with church-related activities. He also helps in his neighborhood plowing snow, shoveling snow, and I'm sure you have much of that this year. And he also helps with yard work, much to come. Finally, it is important to note that Devin holds down a part-time job after school, despite his service to the community. So Devin, we are very proud to acknowledge your efforts on behalf of the Rotary Club of Erie. Congratulations. podium is Rachel Zimmer. Miss Zimmer is a student at Northwest Pennsylvania Collegiate Academy. 
She is joined by her parents, Nathan and Nia Zimmer, as well as her counselor, counselor Mr. Nielsen, and her dean, Mr. Vieira. Rachel has participated in Pennsylvania Junior Academy of Science, the competition at local and state levels the past five years. No easy feat. She is a member of the National Honor Society and an AP scholar with distinction. Ms. Zimmer has earned a weighted GPA of a 4.0 each semester since her, each quarter, excuse me, uh, since her freshman year at the academy. And it is no surprise that Rachel is a lab tech at Penn State Barron, despite her age. Rachel has served as a junior court peer editor. She's participated and earned awards in the Model United Nations and Academic Decathlon competitions. She is a peer tutor and earned the Girl Scout Bronze and Silver Award. And as many of us well know, that doesn't come easily when you're in high school. In the name of service, Rachel Zimmer has participated in the food and clothing drive at the Soldiers and Sailors Home of Erie. She has worked the same initiatives with the food bank. Rachel is the organizer of a year-round service initiative at St. Luke with recycling. I think it's interesting to note that Rachel is making her mark at the elementary, high school, and university level at the ripe age of 16. 16. So please join me in a congratulations for Rachel Zimmer. So next to the stage is Mr. Adam Kropp. These names that are so easy to pronounce are fantastic, right? So Adam and his family join us today as well as uh, many members of Cathedral Preparatory School. And congratulations, Adam. Uh, he's accompanied by Ms. Mary Hammer, the Counselor Cathedral Prep, as well as Mia and Gregory and Susan Kropp. So like Rachel, Adam is a member of the National Honor Society. He's earned honor roll recognition ever since his freshman year. He is the leader of the robotics team and the engineering club, as well as the captain of the cyber patriot team, which sounds very interesting. He, using his skills and ambitions wisely, Adam mentors younger students in technical skills. Interestingly enough, Adam is also a member of the American Association of Wood Turners. Master Krupp is a member of the International Thespian Society. He is the lighting designer for multiple plays at his school and in Cathedral Prep's theater department. Adam is the go-to for all in-school events in the school auditorium, which cannot be any easy act of service. So congratulations to you, Adam. Well done. <laughs> Please welcome our next nominee, Caitlin Krusheski. Many of you may recognize Caitlin. She's coming to the stage on the tales of her performance as Belle with Beauty and the Beast at Mercier's Prep. So, Caitlin, she is joined by her counselor, Carrie Settlemeyer, and her principal, Mr. Rank. And in grade eight, Caitlin began this career alongside her administrators at Mercier's Prep as a Macaulay Scholar. She has earned placement on the honor roll every semester since her beginning, and um, 
she's a member of the National Honor Society. She is also vice president of her class for the past two years. Ms. Krzyzewski is also the class of 2020 historian, and she participates in student government. She is a peer tutor at Mercier's Prep and has been published in their art publication, The Chrysalis. She is also a member of that publication team. Caitlin, like Adam, is a member of the International Thespian Society. She has been very active in musicals. She is a member of show choir and dance company. Ms. Krzyzewski has previously been recognized for her acts of service with the receipt of the James and Mar Margaret Dwyer Scholarship for Service and academics in the community. As a volunteer singer in praise band, a volunteer at St. Mary's Home, and at Pleasant Ridge Manor, Caitlin can be found not only singing, but making great company with the fellow residents and playing the piano. She is a volunteer at Leaf Children's Art Camp and is an active member of the service group Women in Motion with Mercyhurst Prep. Please join me in congratulating Caitlin Krzyzewski. Last but certainly not least, we want to recognize Caitlin Salva. Caitlin is joined today by her parents, Tom and Christine. And Christine, it's great to see you. <laughs> uh, she's also with her guidance counselor, Alyssa Pyle, who I need to say was, is one of my former students. And I won't say what grade. Uh, <laughs> So um, I'm pretty confident that um, much of Caitlin's work has been in concert with um, some of the appreciation and encouragement of Alyssa Pyle, because I sure know that she did many acts of service as a youth herself. Caitlin attends for Villa Maria Academy. She has earned a scholarship, well, three, on behalf of her artistic skills. And remember, she's a junior. She recently earned Best in Show and First Place at the Villa Maria Academy Art Show. It is no surprise that Caitlin is a member of the National Arts Honor Society, which I didn't even know existed, so kudos to you. And she is currently the vice president. Caitlin has earned a 3.99 GPA and is a member of the National Honor Society. She participates with the Model United Nations team, ski club, and music ministry, demonstrating her well-roundedness like so many of her peers called to the stage today. Bless you. It is important to note that Caitlin Salva has earned over 100 service hours already this year. She teaches religious education classes at St. James School on Saturday mornings. She has set up classrooms at Klein Elementary, a school near and dear to our heart, as well as worked as a camp assistant at Asbury Woods. She's worked with Anna Shelter's rummage sale and has packed boxes for Operation Christmas Child at both Grace Church and for Villa Maria Academy. Caitlin Salva has earned the National Honor Society Service Award. She has participated in Box Village, and for those of you that aren't familiar with that initiative, it's an event designed to raise awareness for homelessness in our community, and Caitlin and I would imagine not too many of her fellow classmates uh, spent a good couple days out in the front of Villa Maria Academy sleeping and eating and um, raising awareness for such an important cause. It is important for all of us to learn that Caitlin serves with Rotary's Interact, and she's currently on the board. Caitlin, 
congratulations. But before you go, I do need to tell them what you're up to today. So before she uh, leaves her, her day's end here, I want to mention that she is on her way to Haiti for a mission trip. So we are really impressed that you were able to sneak us in before your departure. And we please join me in wishing her well and safety. Well, these um, set of individuals certainly are inspiring, and um, we're pretty well wrapped into the end of our Service Above Self Awards. But I would like to leave you with the words of Barack Obama, because perhaps they're most fitting for our afternoon. I'm inspired by the people I meet in my travels, hearing their stories, seeing the hardships they've overcome, their fundamental optimism and decency. I'm inspire inspired by the love people have for their children. I'm inspired by my own children, how full they make my heart. They make me want to work and make the world a little bit better. And may, they make me want to be a better man. Please join me in another round of applause for these young individuals that make us want to be better Rotarians. Thank you, Karen, and congratulations to all of you that are being recognized for Service Above Self. It's really a pleasure to have you at this meeting and see the amazing things that young people are doing in our community. I, I find it very, very inspiring, um, and it makes me want to be a better person, too. So um, without further ado, um, we're ready today now to honor one of our own, um, our Rotarian, our four-weight test winner, and to introduce her, I'll first introduce Jerry Schichetti. It's what your mother taught you at her knee. It's the subject of Sunday morning TV shows almost every Sunday. It's even the featured article in the May issue of the Rotarian magazine. It's about telling the truth. It's about being fair. It's about being considerate and about getting along with other people. We as Rotarians call it the four-way test. It's not rocket science. And yet these very simple tenets can sometimes elude politicians, religious leaders, and even the professed most educated among us. Being truthful, being fair, being considerate, and getting along with others is everything you always needed to know. And after all, you learned that in kindergarten. So how did Rotary come to package these pearls of wisdom from your mother and your kindergarten teacher into something called the four-way test? Well, it started in 1932, 87 years ago, when a man named Herbert John Taylor had a struggling cookware company. On the verge of bankruptcy, he knew he needed to do something. So he crafted a simple ethical guide for his 250 employees that was easy to remember. These ethical guidelines helped rescue the business by marking it as an ethical company. 11 years later, the four-way test was adopted as one of Rotary's principles. You see, Herbert John Taylor became Rotary International's 44th president. As he championed this ethical code in all aspects of his life, he also brought it to Rotary. Whether being used in business to save a failing company, in a school setting to facilitate discussions to problem solve, or in a personal relationship, 
the four-way test has stood the test of time. So what is the four-way test? The four-way test is an ethical guide for Rotarians to use for their personal and professional relationships. It's simple. It has four easy tenets. Of the things we think and say and do, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will it be beneficial to all concerned? This test has translated into more than 100 languages, and Rotarians recite it at club meetings as we do at our meetings. Now remember, to quote the Rotary website, Rotary is a global network of 1.2 million neighbors, friends, leaders, and problem solvers who see a world where people unite and take action to create lasting change across the globe, in our communities, and even in ourselves. Wouldn't these be great words to live by throughout our country and particularly in our nation's capital? Problem solving, taking action, and creating lasting change. Again from the website, real problem solving takes commitment and vision. Rotarians are people of action who use their passion and energy and intelligence to take action on sustainable projects. From literacy to peace to water and health, we are always looking to better our world and we stay committed to that end. Whatever Rotary may mean to us, we will be known by the results we achieve. And how do we achieve results? All major achievements happen by working together because we're stronger together than we are individually. And how do we work together effectively? Well, we do so by being truthful and fair and considerate and getting along with others. In other words, the four-way test. So let's examine each tenet of the four-way test and see how current events might challenge these tenets regularly. Is it the truth? We can see examples of this regarding the truth in the news recently. I remember watching Meet the Press one Sunday morning in which Rudy Giuliani was being interviewed. And the moderator Chuck Todd and he were doing battle on what is truth. Not surprisingly, they both seemed exasperated at each other as one commented, truth isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. This reminded me of a seminar I once attended. The instructor held up his hand and asked the class if he had a hairy hand. As we saw his palm, we said no, and that was the truth. However, when he turned his hand around, we saw the back of his hand, which indeed was hairy. So in this case, there were two truths. Truth could be a matter of perception based on the information held at one point in time. That's why it's important to seek the complete truth, to be educated, to make sure you have all the facts, and then to state your truth. The next tenet is, is it fair to all concerned? Fairness, too, might be a matter of perception. I was behind a family in a checkout line at Walmart last week in which one of the three children was wailing that another child got more of the dispersed treat. It's not fair, it's not fair, I kept hearing, while the exasperated mother kept trying to calm the child, saying that everyone got the same amount. Fairness, like truth, could be a matter of perception. But to quote the May issue of the Rotary Magazine, truth is impartial. It's disinterested. 
and by its very nature without favoritism, and hence it's fair. Truth and fairness travel in tandem. So if you have all the facts and determine the truth, that will lead you to a fair course of action. In the news recently, we heard about parents allegedly paying large sums of money to get their children into specific colleges. In addition, some parents allegedly either had their, another person take the SAT test for their child or correct the answers on the test prior to submission. Is that fair? Is it fair to all concerned? I can say as a former president of a high school, I cringed when I heard even the allegations. How will we ever teach our children ethical behavior if we don't demonstrate it ourselves? The accused parents may argue that they want to give their child all the advantages they can to help them in life. And since they're wealthy parents, why not financially help their child get into a good college? The four-way test would argue, but is that fair to all concerned? News media sources recently interviewed students who were denied admission to these same schools. The students cried the behavior was unfair. After years of hard work and sacrifice, they were denied admission, perhaps because a less committed student fraudulently obtained admission. And what about school policies? Each school most probably has a student handbook that outlines expected ethical behavior. What should happen to students who are now found to be fraudulently admitted? Should they be expelled? What's fair to all concerned certainly is the question in this situation. And as this question will in part be decided by the court system, my guess is that there will be new policies and safeguards at colleges to ensure this type of behavior never occurs again. The next tenant, will it build goodwill and better friendships? The first question might be, what is goodwill? A Google search defines this noun as being helpful, friendly, and cooperative, such as the plan depends on goodwill between the two sides. Friendly, helpful, cooperative. That's the being considerate your kindergarten teacher spoke about. How was helpful consideration demonstrated in current events? Let's look at the terrible fighter at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris last Monday. People around the world were devastated at the partial destruction of this landmark and symbol of the Catholic Church. And what was their response? Immediately, there was a spontaneous fundraising effort to re rebuild the cathedral, which raised $300,000 in the first hour. There wasn't even a formal appeal. In that early stage from fr the French president or from religious leaders, people, and not just Catholics, felt compelled to act, to be helpful, to be considerate, and to show their support. People made commitments to restore this global landmark even before the flames were extinguished, even before the decision was made that they would, in fact, rebuild the church. At the website GoFundMe, more than 50 campaigns related to Notre Dame were launched globally this past Monday. What a beautiful example of building goodwill. This certainly shows support for the French people and for Catholics, and it's a wonderful example of building friendships. I can't help but contrast that to what's going on in our nation's capital. While there might be too many examples to review, let's just say maybe Washington can take a lesson from the building of goodwill demonstrated by the supporters of Notre Dame. Cindy McCain, John McCain's widow, was recently interviewed about the current tone in DC. 
She said John would be so upset at the lack of cooperation and the stalemate in getting things done. She recounted that her husband and Ted Kennedy, representing two different political parties, fought like cats and dogs on the Senate floor. Yet after work, they were the best of friends. They realized that even though their ideologies differed and they saw different ways of getting things done, that they needed to cooperate to achieve any goals. They needed to work together for the benefit of the American people. Wouldn't that be a great tone today? McCain and Kennedy built goodwill and had a lasting friendship that benefited all concerned, which is the, tenet of the fourth tenet of the four-way test. To be beneficial to all concerned involves a certain self-sacrificing nature. It's not about one's ego. It's not about getting one's own way. It's not about winning an argument. It's about thinking of the greater good and acting accordingly. McCain and Kennedy were good examples of this. The Rotary Magazine states that truth and fairness are more elusive when passions are engaged. That's certainly true in life, but also tr very true in politics and religion. And yet we've seen two wonderful examples today that truth and fairness can be achieved even with strong passions by interface supporters of a burned cathedral or by passionate members of different political parties. Because after all, truth really is truth. And truth and fairness travel in tandem. Just ask your mother or a kindergarten teacher. Thank you. And now I have the pleasure of announcing this year's four-way test winner, Karen Burton Horseman. Thank you so much. Um, I am so honored to be receiving this award today because um, it's the great people of Rotary um, who have nominated me and selected me for this process. My reaction is just, wow. For years, I've been in awe of people that have won this award because of uh, everything that they've done and everything that they've stand stood for. Um, I feel like I just have a little small role behind the scenes, but I guess little things uh, do add up, and being part of Rotary is really a, p a big part of that. I joined Rotary when I was uh, fresh out of graduate school. I remember my um, classmates uh, questioning me about the value of, of Rotary membership, saying, isn't that the club my dad belongs to? <laughs> Well, for over 22 years now, um, Rotary members have been my go-to people to talk about business strategy, business challenges, um, anything that I need I can find uh, from a Rotary member. This organization has helped me grow professionally, ethically, and socially. The four-way test is an awesome tenant to stand by. And many of you have heard me say, you know, I'm not here regularly, uh, but Rotary has definitely been a constant in my life. Uh, I get so much out of the membership that uh, year after year I want to continue. From the fellowship to the speakers to the interaction with the students in Interact or the scholarship awards, 
to the worldwide mission of eradicating polio, uh, Rotary really does make a difference uh, in individual life as well as the community and the world at large. So I want to encourage all you young people, when you start your professional career, seek out a Rotary Club. If you surround yourself with good people, you will do good. I want to thank the Rotary members for selecting me for this award. Thank you so much. I'm really honored. You've been listening to Money Radio, WPSE's weekly broadcast of the Rotary Club of Erie meeting program from the Manufacturer and Business Association. Today's speaker was Karen Tyler, moderating the Rotary Club of Erie's Service Above Self and the Four-Way Test Award Ceremony. Join us again next week and stay tuned for more informative programming on Money Radio, WPSE, AM 1450, and FM 107.1.